Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Air of Epic Trail Talk. I'm Jam. I'm Jubes. She's going to laugh now. Sure. <laughs> Told you. This week, we're going to touch on being prepared and how to deal with unexpected circumstances out on the trails. Sweet. Because I just did this, and maybe you also experienced this recently, because I know you've been doing some epic stuff. Yeah. Cactus to clouds. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you didn't, you're saying it as if you didn't do it? I am, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I did it, and Mm -hmm. it was epic. I might have, maybe You're just brushing it off, you're like, no big deal? Maybe I was prepared? I don't know. Um, I agree to say because I feel like um, yeah maybe some people are like like I told them about this adventure I even wrote a little blog post last night and there's a video coming out on the run steep right now it's uploading I think Um, it's about a 19 minute episode I think all about a um, what I'm calling the Mount Lemon Sky Island Traverse which is something that I did with a friend uh, this weekend so it was a 35 mile run with 10,000 feet of climb near Tucson and turned into like more of an epic than I thought it would be. Yeah. And it's trail. I had never gone up the Samaniago Ridge trail. Um, but I would, I would not recommend it for most people, like for pretty much anyone. There was a lot of, (laughs) I mean, I, I heard little like snippets of this tale and as, as I understand it, you did a lot of route finding and um, a lot of bushwhacking and possibly just tons of scrambling and maybe kind of not knowing where the trail was. Yeah, that's all. And then running low slash out of water, having to ration water. Um, so kind of... For a while, though. And, like, you guys hour, were out hour. for... Well, I, I mean, I took my last sip and then I got more water within not very much time, like 15 minutes. But I... But I was like, I would go like 45 minutes without any drink, and then I would just yeah. take one little sip and swish it in my mouth and try it. Like, I was really spreading out the last bit. I had to give some to my friend towards the end, too, because he was, he had less than I did by the time he got up there. So, um, I when mean. When you got up there, like, like the supply of water that you did find, like, wasn't expected. Yes? No? Yeah. I mean, I mean so let's, like, back it up a little bit. Let's um, do it. Let's tell the story. So I think it's important to think about, you know, like yeah. for me, I'm experienced, which is good and bad. It it means I've done a lot of things before, but that can also be a false sense of security thinking I can get through anything, Yeah, uh, which isn't true, uh, obviously. But also I am equipped with skills and experiences that can help me when maybe someone who doesn't have any of those maybe is in less prepared or you know can't cope with the situation. Yeah. Because at some point you just might... You get into one of these situations not thinking, and then you have to get through. So, like, things we did right, obviously, is, like, I mean, we we did have, um, on my phone, I had GPS routes of the map and everything, and I kept it in airplane mode so it wasn't going to die. Um, so, like, we, we knew where we were. Um, I didn't carry a physical map. I guess I could have, like, dropped my phone and broken it, and that, <laughs> you know, like, who knows, but... Yeah. Um, for the most part, I think we still would have been able to get up there. Like, we got on one trail and we were on it, but 
it did do some weird things and it was really overgrown. So we didn't know the current conditions of the trail. That's one thing. But it was hard to gauge that because we didn't know really, we hadn't really heard of any runners that had done this before. We heard of some mountain bikers that did it. So we figured, well, we should be able to get through. Um, we saw a couple mountain bikers out there, which was crazy. <laughs> but it was just, you know, we start going and it's like, okay, it's overgrown. So, which is just kind of annoying and it does slow you down. Like you can't just run up this trail. You're yeah. like kind of fighting your way through and it's just, it scratches you up and it kind of hurts. Um, then there was this one section where, and we were following it on the, the phone app. Like it, you go, you have to go like right around this headwall cliff. So there's a cliff. You have to go kind of down a little and then you go, you take an easier path because it's literally just a vertical wall and it just drops off on the other side. So you had to like, we had to go around this thing, but it was so overgrown that we were just like pushing our way through. And even when we got back on trail, it was just more of the same and it would, we kind of follow little rock cairns here and there, but it wasn't yeah. really obvious. The area had burned a number of years back, and I think I read online after our, our run that it hadn't even opened back up until 2011. Um, I carried almost a gallon of water with me at the start, and then my friend had, I think, three liters, which is a lot more than I would normally start with for yeah. most runs uh, anyways. Like, normally I'd carry maybe a couple bottles, but I knew it was going to be probably a long day like it might take us um you know eight eight hours or nine hours I don't know what I fully had in mind um but I knew there was water at the top like in there's a town up there Summerhaven, oh, okay. which has like restaurants and stuff or a couple like one restaurant basically but I knew there was water up there but that was 20 miles into the run okay. um and then I was thinking as we were going up I'm like oh well there's probably water at the top of the mountain because there's a road all the way, a paved road to the top. Like a there's like road there's like communications towers. There's an observatory yeah. with the University of Arizona. There's trailheads. There's this one a one ski lift ski area there. Yeah. Which even the ski lift was running. Um, so like once we got up there, we could have definitely gotten water from people. Like just said like if we were in absolute dire straits, like hey, we are like dying here. Like do you yeah. have anything to spare? Um, we didn't end up needing to do that. We found at the very top near the communications towers these jugs, Arizona iced tea jugs, but they had water in them. Someone had just cached water, but it must have been sitting there a while because it was funky tasting. It just tasted like chlorine or something. Oh, Maybe no. it was treated or yeah. or just plastic had yeah. leached into it. We just we drank just just enough of that to get us over the hump. And a mile down the trail, we hit a spring and just, like, loaded up. Nice. Uh, and then, like, a mile and a half later, we were in town, and we, and we kind of got everything. But, um, yeah, it's, like, something that I think, you know, it's just a good thing to think about. Like, make sure you know where you're going. You have maps. You have, you know, hopefully a communications device. Like, we, yeah. we didn't need to call out for rescue, but we, we probably could have. We had service. Um Trying to find out the conditions of the trail area you're going ahead of time yeah. is always good. Were, were um, there... Knowing where the water, potential water yeah. sources are. We saw up, up near the top, um, there was like a lot of ferns. And we were thinking, it was really green. And we're thinking, oh man, maybe there's a, a creek flowing. But okay. I'm sure there was probably a month ago. But they had all dried up by now. Um, and it was just, it was a much hotter day yeah. up high than we thought. I think the high in Phoenix that day is 108 but we started at 3,000 feet, which is quite a bit higher. It was maybe 80 degrees when we started our run. 
Um, but then it didn't, we didn't get as much of a breeze up on the ridge as we were hoping. And then the, the temperatures were just even up at 7,000 feet. It was mm-hmm. like, you could feel the, the heat of the sun, like really beating down on us. So, um, yeah, I think it was just kind of a good lesson. Um, we were able to get refueled up at the top of the mountain in Summerhaven, yeah. which was awesome. Like drank sodas and a meal and got more, we filled up all my water again. And I actually, I think cause I was a bit dehydrated, I drank a whole nother gallon on the descent, which it took us eight hours to get up and three hours to get down oh, or three and a half to get down. Different so, route? Like, like, is it point to point yeah, or a, did you do it was like a, a point loop? to point? Okay. So we, we didn't have to go back down that crazy stuff. The way down was much more well-maintained. It was okay. the Arizona trail. So yeah. there was, wasn't really bushwhacking at all, okay. um, but it was still, it wasn't like the easiest running down a mountain I've ever done. It was still pretty technical. There was still 1200 feet of climb, even though it was, you know, 4,000 feet of descent. So. I don't know. Just some, uh, I think, something to reflect upon. Um, I don't know if you guys watching can relate to that, but it just, you know, definitely reminded me that, like, yeah, like, you're not invincible. Um, we were never in really dire straits, but we were, like, uncomfortable where the, to the point where, like, a sip of water seemed like, a, like I was really, really happy when I got to the spring, for one, but also just it made me appreciate water a lot more. Like, I could go right there and get, like... I could drink a gallon right now if I yeah. wanted to. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of crazy when you're out there. It just makes you appreciate things a lot more. I mean, it, but overall, it was just a great experience. Like, I love doing things like that where you're kind of suffering and putting yourself in in a difficult circumstance because just every day, like, you know, I go to the office or, mm-hmm. like, whatever I'm doing, like, it's not that epic of an experience. I think that's what I think a lot of us look for in the sport, yeah. you know? Whether kind of a it's a race adventure. or yeah. an FKT or just a, a you know journey run or adventure run, um, I mean, like we do our day to day training runs, but then I think it's important to do something that takes you outside of your comfort zone, yeah, while still being smart about it, you know, like not be, putting yourself in a crazy prepared condition. Know, so, a little bit about I don't know. Do you guys have yeah. any experiences like that? Feel free to comment, or if you you know want to tell me I'm an idiot feel free to comment below. Did, so did you kind of anticipate that it would take, what, you were out there for 12 hours? It was now? almost 12. No, no way. We were think. I mean, not that I sat down and was like, hmm, I think this will take me this. It's just based upon, like, a 35-mile run with a lot of climbing. I was thinking yeah, 8 to 9, I don't know. Is like, maybe looking back on it, like, what I thought. Um, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe f- 5 up and 3 down. Because I, f- I felt like down, too, we could just cruise, cruise like, yeah. zip down and, like, just, you know, just hightail it. So um, definitely longer than expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you experience anything like that on, like, your Cactus to Clouds, or were you guys just so prepared? No, we weren't no prepared. Issue? I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, uh, I think I got a text from Haley, like, two days before we did it, did this, and I was like, hey, are we going to go to Flagstaff to go hike? She goes, no, we've decided to do Cactus to Clouds and then a 50K the next day. I was like, sure, yeah, let's, let's do that. I had no idea until, like, the day before I Googled Cactus to Clouds. You had told me about it a little she bit. She didn't really know what you were getting into. Not a clue. Um, and... Like, the first thing that comes up is, like, it's extremely, uh, well, it's, like, what, 20 miles-ish, very steep, uh, very exposed, 
no water access whatsoever, um, a strenuous hike, you know, possibility of death, whatever. And uh, I was like, what did you get me into? I had no idea. So we go, I packed like my water pack and everything, but I had no nutrition. And so we had to actually stop and like go grocery shopping because Christina and I both, like we were not prepared. You didn't set out on the trail before, but you just had to, no. hit, on the way, drive out. You had to hit On the drive the out, we're like, oh yeah, by the way, I have no nutrition. Yeah. I have like maybe a goo or something yeah. in my pack. Oh, whatever. So we had to stop and get nutrition, uh, fill up my pack. Um, but, you know, on the way up, I mean, I just kind of, I anticipated actually being out there for like 12 to 15 hours because that's what the website said, like, be prepared 12 to 15 hours. And, uh, you know, it was exposed, but we started early enough. Like, there was enough bad, like, juju on the internet that it scared us it scared into preparation. You, yeah. And you started at 3 in the morning. We started at 3 in the morning. That's really good. Like, super early. Uh, it was really cool. And by the time we hit the tree line and, like, we're, like, kind of shaded by the pine trees, that's only that's when it started getting hot. So we didn't really yeah. feel the heat. Um, and then we were up at elevation. And then we still didn't feel the heat because it was nice and cool. So, nice. Um, I mean, I think we really, we really lucked out as far as, like, the time of year. Um, there was snow... But nothing was icy. Um, I had read that you know some of the did trails were really. Did you guys pull from streams or anything for water, or did you just have enough with you? For we the had whole enough thing? with us, and then we refilled at like the tram station. Okay. So by the time we got up there, I think I had only like even had maybe half my pack was gone. Yeah. Um, well, that's important. Yeah. Like if it's if you're not exposed to as much of that heat, that's what really got us. I think looking yeah. back on it is like. You know, the first like couple hours, we were or like hour and a half, we were all right, even though we were low down because we had just gotten started. I think I drank one bottle. I was like, oh, I still have five. And then as soon as we started up the steep part, the wind, there was no wind anymore, and it just like hit us quick. And it was like I was just downing bottle after bottle. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is going quick. And then all of a sudden, you're like, then we got lost, and you know, you spend. 30 minutes bushwhacking around mm -hmm. screwing around and it's like were there no markings like no cairns nothing there was some cairns but it was just kind of so densely vegetated and then you would think you were on and then all of a sudden you're like you kind of lose the trail yeah so like you could go back or you're like well i think it's like if i looked at my phone i could see where we were where the trail was yeah. it's like oh it's just right over there let's just like let's just Pop like cut over. across yeah. but then you're cutting across like all this cat's claw and like vegetation that's like you're moving like a tortoise through yeah. this stuff. So and you're getting cut up on the way. Yeah, you're getting kind of yeah. torn up. So um yeah, that's it's it's just interesting to think about, I think. Um and like if we would have started earlier, we probably would have avoided some of the heat. Like we started at eight in the morning, which I mean it starts to get light late. by four thirty, yeah. you know? Like we could have started at five or something, but yeah. But also the the nice thing was that by the time we were descending off the mountain, the sun was setting and it was getting cool again. So if we would have started that early, when we finished the run back down in the, the desert, the yeah. it would have been like, you know, 95 yeah. then. So we kind of, it was a trade-off. Um, I don't know what's better, but um, we seemed to be okay by the end of the day with, with our fluids and um, our hydration. So I got a popsicle at the end. Bonus. <laughs> <From> Circle K. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, we're gonna do uh, let's do Jeep tube. Yeah, if and you then, guys have similar experiences, type them in, let us know, uh, or ask questions. Yeah. Or if you have questions about anything having to do with running in the heat or yeah. planning an adventure run of any sort, um, we've got definitely got some experiences that we could shed some light on for you. Yes. Um, so the game we're playing today is called. Beat Shazam. Shazam. And that's a phone app, I believe. Right? So, Enzo, you're going to play the song, but you're only going to play the amount of song that like it so, took Shazam so to... So we only get a few seconds so to basically... Okay. Oh, okay. So we've got the artist. We just have to name the song. Okay. I don't think I know the name of the He's like, songs. I've... Oh, gosh. You might... You, you got this. Yes. The way you make me feel. Yeah. The way you make me feel. Oh, this is gonna be good. You have to sing the rest of the song if you if you, no, you don't. Yeah, a little bit. It's not the game. Sure. It's not a karaoke game. Could be. Ready? Go. I will call, you would say, baby, say my name. Oh, for crying out loud. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You got a little Destiny's Child, do you? Oh, I got going. Boulevard Broke Dreams. Oh, for crying out loud. Buddy Holly? <laughs> no, it's not. Beverly Hills. Yeah. Damn. Love song? Love song? Tied. Maybe. Rockstar? <laughs> Feel Good Incorporated? Uh, I don't know. Dare? I don't know. Okay. Did not know. Didn't, know, didn't even know that's who sang that song. Fall on me? Everybody hurts. Wow. You're not good at this game. Go on. I'm gonna be. Nice. Okay. You guys should try this at home. Try to beat Shazam. I'm not good at this. Okay, question time. <sighs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. Any suggestions for following Western States online later this month? Roger, overall, uh, I run far on Twitter and Western States website. I'm sure they'll have a link to the live tracking. That would be the best way to follow the race. Uh, Brian Champ, stoked for Big Pine. It's going to be fun. So we have a race this weekend. Blackout night runs Friday. Big Pine. Flagstaff Extreme Big Pine. Yep. Trail runs Saturday at Fort Tuthill. There's a Made in the Shade beer festival going on this weekend. There's camping. There's a yes. ropes course up there. Yes. Uh, All of the things. It's going to be awesome. Gonna we be have, great. I think, 570 people between running between the two events, two events. The night and the day. some are doubling up there's like yeah. 50 people doing the double they're doing one distance at night one in the, in the next day awesome i hope to do it as well you're gonna do both are you gonna double down if Ooh, i can I... if i can fit it in i'm gonna try and double down very i want to do the longest ones of both of them really i want to but i don't know we'll see very exciting 50 miles in like 12 hours i'll be out there i'll be blowing bubbles and things Jerry Davis, what is your go-to <laughs> nutrition in races, how much do you eat at aid stations? How much do you eat while running? 
Um, go to nutrition. I feel like I haven't run in a while. <laughs> this weekend, I hardly ate anything. I ate like one bar and two gels all the way up. Maybe three gels the whole way. Like for eight hours. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's not so I was just burning fat. Yeah. Um, I like to use a variety of things. I've talked about this a little bit before. Some gels, some chews. Uh, like the stinger chews. I like those. Um, sometimes different bars, like cliff bars and things. Mm-hmm. Um, potato chips, potatoes, mashed potatoes. All you the do potatoes. the potato burritos, it's like good. mashed potato sometimes, burritos. I've been doing soda sometimes too. Like sometimes Ooh. that's good. Um, I like the cream. How much Alitas. do you eat at aid stations versus how much do you eat while running? It depends on the race. If it's a shorter race, I tend to eat more like out on the trail unless at aid stations. But if it's a longer race, sometimes I'll eat like more of a substantial amount at an aid station and then just try and bridge the gap between the longer Like mini one. meals at yeah, each like, aid station? Yeah, like a big, well, like a decent meal. Yeah. And then like try and go 15, 20 miles and then maybe just eat one gel in between or something. Yeah. Spearcater, how do you recover from a big race? How do you get back to running at full strength again? It depends on the distance. It depends on the effort. I've done, let's just say, the 100-mile distance because that's a big a big race, in my opinion. Um, maybe even a 50-mile, let's say, if you're just getting into the sport. Those would be similar in nature. Um, if you run it easy and it's conversational pace and you've done a lot of training and you're feeling good, I can recover very quickly, like within a few days, and I can be out training again. I did that with the Hurt 100 a couple years ago. I used it as a training race to get ready for Barkley, and I was literally, I think by Tuesday, I was out doing like hard runs again because I kind of jogged it. I took a nap during the race, took it easy. Uh, But if it's a really hard effort or a really big race, I mean could take weeks or months to feel better honestly so i've been experiencing this thing and i don't like Haley says it's pretty normal and like other people have told me it's pretty normal but my immune system goes down after longer races so after every like 30 mile race that i've done in the last couple months um i get a cold like yeah. hardcore cold don't know what's going on that's like a normal thing oh sorry no, for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a nutritionist but or a doctor, but I, I think that's common. Yeah. It's quite common. Um, yeah, I don't know that I've experienced that, but I think it's quite common. If you guys have had that happen, that's like, please I, let us know. Like, my body feels good. Like, recovery yeah. is good, but, like, I just, I end up with colds. Yeah. It's probably good to get extra sleep, extra nutrition, like, good stuff. Yeah. Before and after you do some big effort. Um, cause it'll take a lot out of you. Take, it doesn't just take out of your legs, like your, but yeah. it can take it out of your whole body. Yeah. So. Xthenic. Hi, Jam and Jubes. Favorite Flagstaff hikes that is not Eldon, Humphreys, or Kendrick. I was going to say the one of those three. Um, dang, dude. Uh, Weatherford Trail up to like, uh, Doyle Saddle is pretty awesome. Um, Sunset Trail across the Dry Lake Hills. Little Bear, I think. I used to be one of my favorites, but it burned. Um, what else is good up there? I do a lot of Lockett Meadow. Is that the but Inner Basin? I haven't done that's much the there. Inter- and then you go from Lock, But I do like Lockett Meadow to Humphreys, which I'm doing this weekend. 
Kim Espat. I enjoy these runs far more than races. I don't get that stress of trying to hold my position or trying to catch people. Cool. Just talk about the adventure, adventure runs. runs we're talking about. Yeah. Thank you for chiming in. Roger, overall, what feature would you like Strava to add to their app? Um, I think it would be fun to see um, a better way of finding segments, I think. Maybe even a better curation of, of segments, because I feel like sometimes there's, like, random segments you don't even know where they are, or, like, the map that they have, like, it doesn't display it in a good way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it'd be nice to find, be able to just find where segments are easier. Spearkater, <laughs> Jamil would fit in the lineup of an 80s group. <laughs> Nickelback for the loss. Agreed. Marathon 07, we hiked Grand Canyon South Rim to North Rim this weekend and had to emergency camp at Cottonwood at the bottom because one of our groups started vomiting. Couldn't keep liquids in, be safe this summer. That is a thing that you have to be very careful of becoming nauseous in the heat when you're low on water because you lose everything. And if you don't have a source of water, it can really, I mean, it can be deadly. Also, thanks for the two new races at Mogollon. It's a dream race, but I don't think I could qualify to complete the 100. You guys rock. Wow, you found that quick. We did that today. Like <laughs> we've been talking about this for a an while, hour but ago. we did. We added. Um, we just added a couple shorter distances to the Mogollon Monster. Um, try and get some more people out there that weekend yeah. and get acquainted Experience with those trails. Get acquainted with the race, yeah. Because um, yeah, there's just it's it's a big jump to go from wherever you are to like a hard rock qualifier, yeah. like a hundred miles in the crazy mountains like that, yeah. Uh, so we wanted to introduce a couple distances that are more attainable. So we have 105K yep. that we're adding, which is almost the same course. It just cuts out the second cabin loop up top. So it's kind of like run up and over the rim along the Highline Trail, one cabin loop, and then run back up and over the rim one more time. It should yep. be awesome. And then we're doing on Sunday a 35K, which goes from Pine Trailhead up and over the rim to Geronimo, and then back up and over into finishing in pine. So a couple options, and the 105K will be a qualifier for next year's Mogollon Monster 100-miler. That's a qualifying. We want to make sure people are ready for that one because it's no joke. Kim Spat, did you run states in a snow year? If so, grippy shoes or waterproof for snow section? I did. Uh, 2010 was a snow route. I didn't have anything special. I think I wore my Mizuno Musha's a marathon road flat. So I was slipping around a bit in the mud or in the snow for sure. But um, I, I think if you're pretty sure-footed and used to running on snow, you'll be fine. If it's something that you're more concerned about, you know, maybe put some yak tracks or micro spikes in your pack and throw them on for those few miles. But we'll kind of have to see what the conditions are going to be like. Um, you can always ditch them later in your drop bag. Mitchell Mac 2, do you all get injured? What are the worst injuries you ever dealt with? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've had lots of injuries. No broken bones, knock on wood, yet. I don't know why I say yet, but uh, <laughs> like I'm, it's going to happen. Dislocated I don't know. fingers? Dislocated finger, but that didn't stop me from running. No. Um, in fact, I ran right after I got it. Yeah. Uh, really had no choice. Uh, right now, I mean, I'm even, I'm dealing with some foot pain, um, like top of, inside of my foot, just sore. I think I tweaked it a few times on the Western States weekend, so 
it didn't bother me that much this weekend, but then after running 10 miles on Monday, it was a little more sore, so I took yesterday off. I'm going to run just easy tonight. I'm going to run easy tomorrow, and then hopefully it'll feel better, and I can do, like, crazy amount of miles Friday through Sunday. <laughs> and then maybe it'll be <laughs> sore again next week, and we'll repeat the cycle. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a stress fracture. Uh, what about you? Any, any injuries? You've, you ever had plantar fasciitis? Is that I kind did. of going away? Um, it's back and forth. Um, just, but I'm maintaining. Um, and then like bad shin splints, like when I first started. I think my fir- my worst ever was a foot neuroma, which uh, is like that, right in between. Yeah. And just, and I actually think I still, it's still kind of there. Sometimes my people have told me that's sometimes my foot will hurt terrible. a little, but yeah. then it kind of goes away. Um, but it's not fun. It's just like every step is like a yeah. it's that nerve, and it's yeah. just it's terrible. Um, Joel Rodriguez says, "Any trail running group around Fourth of July weekend?" Thanks. I don't know what day of the week it is, but um, I know I'll be in Colorado. I'll be in Colorado. But our as well. running group will be running every Wednesday through the whole summer. So there's yes. definitely that. There's a calendar up, and then we'll actually I'll post um, the events coming up for the rest of the summer. Andre Lee, soon. for new trail runners, what's a good timeable uh, timetable for recovery for a 50k, 50 mile, 100 mile? Again, it just depends a lot, a lot of, a lot of different factors. Um, I would say, I mean, take a couple days off minimum, especially if you're jumping up and doing your first 50K, 50 mile, 100 mile, like give yourself a couple weeks of easy running or no running just to feel good again. And like you said, your your immune system is probably going to be compromised some. Um, there's going to be, there's a lot of times delayed onset muscle soreness, um, that could come in. Like I've sometimes even felt good a couple, like a day after a race, Mm -hmm. you know, like the soreness kind of goes away and you feel good. And then it just like a week later, I feel horrible. So I think someone in our Arab Epic group run just asked if they, like they're doing their first hundreds, the middle of September, it might I guess it could be bogey on if they just ran Zane Gray. Yeah. Um, but they were asking, they were thinking about doing 100 two weeks before their first 100. So basically their first 100-mile race followed by another 100-mile race two weeks later, and I was just like, not a good idea. I cannot recommend that. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to adapt to it. And that just don't set yourself up for failure, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do the one, focus on it if that's your goal. Uh, give yourself plenty of time to recover. Cool. Um, Flavio Flavio Fernandez says, how many 100-mile races would you run in a good year, and how many would you feel in a high performance? I mean, for me personally, I don't like to do, like, a high quantity of ultra marathons in one year. I know there's some people that are doing them every weekend or – you know, they do a ton of them. The most I've ever done is about four in one year, um, but typically it's one or two. I think that's a good, better, a better balance. Um, so I've done maybe seventeen or something in my career. In a in a year? No total. Oh. Okay. Seventeen hundred mile races in like twelve and a half years of running ultras. So okay. Probably one and a half per year is my average okay. over my lifetime. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a desire to do more than that in any given year. Yeah. Cool. On um, ultras in general, I think yeah. I, I usually do about six races. But then, like, I'll run 30 miles or more several other times throughout the year. Yeah. But, I, you know, just randomly. 
someone we were talking about a lot about our video filming projects this summer last week so drtis beater better what will you do when you see walmsley take a wrong turn right in front of you uh oh gosh well i mean number one i don't think that's going to happen but number two if i'm filming the race um i'm a fly on the wall really like i'm not supposed to be affecting the race in any way um whether or not I would tell him if he went off course, I don't know. I guess that would be one for the rule books. But um, I'm not allowed to pace runners when I'm out there running with people. Mm-hmm. I'm just literally not allowed to give them aid or anything. Mm-hmm. So I might have to just film what's going on and what plays out, you know. Um, Randy Cafaro, I would love to go to Western, but where to stay? Oh, I don't know why I'm reading that one. Question for Trail Talk. Question on GPS watches. Currently using the Garmin 220, which only has a battery life of six hours and no charging capabilities while recording GPS. Looking to upgrade to a watch that would be able to hang for a 100-mile race, which would be better, the Garmin Phoenix or Sunto Spartan, or something else that allows charging? And if you use something else, what do you use to charge your watch while you're in a race? Whew. Uh, I personally use this watch. This is the Sunto Ambit 3 Peak, and I've run a 41 hour race with this watch and recorded the whole thing um, I did have to plug it in a uh, little charging cable to a little battery portable battery charger USB it just plugged in I put it in my pack I grabbed it after 15 hours uh, I think this is rated for a 20 hour life so after 15 hours I plugged it in maybe 45 minutes to an hour it was fully charged Mm -hmm. i did that again at like the 30 some odd hour mark and it got me through the end so and i could probably perpetually do that just keep charging it up awesome um i don't have experience lately with garmin watches but i'm assuming that the newer ones you can probably do that charge on the fly and um i haven't tried the sunto spartan yet but hopefully i can get my hands on one of those uh some point soon and give that one a try got another question marisol last week asked in the comments of the youtube channel Uh, i have a question for your next episode any suggestions on what to eat in a 50 miler especially after mile 35 when my body doesn't want gels anymore lol I mean, solid foods is my answer, and savory foods and salty foods. Salty foods. I think gels can get you so far, but you're right. I think all the sugar, it can get to you sometimes. Some people do fine with it. Um, But especially if you're running, if you're like eight hours into your run at that point, it might be mealtime, like lunchtime. So have a sandwich or a... You know, peanut butter sandwich or maybe maybe some boiled potatoes and chips and pickles. I don't know. Nicole um, Tran says takes uh, hummus and potatoes and salt. <laughs> hummus and uh, tortilla. I, like rice ball, rice balls. That's really good too. Like okay. something that is a little more plain, so it doesn't give you that sugar spike. I think is is good. Or some soup. Soup's always a good thing too. I like, like the caramelitas. Like I can eat those all. Mm, like the little cookies. The whole, yeah. yeah. But the whole race. I think it's good to just have options in general For and sure. to mix it up. Okay, that's all we got. Anything else on Facebook or are we going to... Um, I think Underly says, thanks, Jam Jam and Jubes. Cool. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yes. If you Again, if you have questions and you're not able to tune in live with us each week, either on Instagram or Facebook, feel free to comment uh, below in the YouTube video and we will we'll try and answer them in in line and we'll also bring it back up on next week's show or tweet at us you can also tweet us happy jubilee at jamil curry 
And you can tweet the show at Air Viper Running as well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're not subscribed yet, be sure to do so. Uh, we also put out some other running videos now and again. So yep. thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.